Christ-like. I don't know about you, but I want to be more like Jesus. Because God's Word tells me I need to be more like Jesus. Every day I am being shaped and us more into the image of His dear Son. And I'm grateful for that because the more that we are like Jesus, the more we're going to be convicted about our neighbors next door. The more we're going to be convicted about our family and their spiritual condition. The more that we see the Lord, uh, it's going to cause everything in our life to be different. And Brother Terry was talking about that in Sunday school this morning. The fact that if you have made a profession of faith, if you say that you are a Christian, uh, you need to walk the walk and talk the talk. And I'm not going to try to repeat it. That's really said. Where's Brother Terry? He's out here somewhere. I don't. There you are, Brother Terry. Brother Terry could do a jo- good job, but I, my tongue would be tied all to pieces, and I would come out and say something that shouldn't be said. All right. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, we want to look at the Roman soldier who saw him, and as that soldier saw Jesus hanging on that cross, he saw him as the Son of God, and so. Matthew 27, verse 54, the the soldier is looking up at the events that are going on. Here's what it says in Matthew 27, 54. And now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Now when you begin to look at listening to that, you, you see that there was no question in the mind of that centurion that Jesus was the Son of God. He knew. He said, truly, which means without doubt, uh, he has looked upon the Son of God. I wish that every Christian could do that. I wish that every good Baptist could do that. You know, I meet a lot of Baptists in this world, and, and the other day I was... Uh, in the department store, uh, my wife had to do some shopping, and I had to do some sitting. And uh, so I had a group of had a group of people that were we were in Branson. We had a group of people that were on a tour bus from Virginia, and uh, they were there milling around. And most of them had just got tired of looking, and they started finding places to sit down. And they kept saying. Uh, 15 minutes and the bus will be here and and then uh, five minutes and you know they just kept looking at their watches it did finally arrive but I got to talking to this lady beside me and uh, as we talked about things I introduced uh, spiritual matters to her and she said I'm a Baptist Uh, you know I meet a lot of people that are Baptist but I, I can tell you that all the people I meet Baptist are not spiritual people you know, there may be someone here today that you are, you are laying all of your faith on the Baptist faith. Uh, if Jesus is not first and foremost, if you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter what church you belong to. And there are lost people in many churches because they've just looked at Jesus and they saw him in a different light than what the Word of God shows us. But we find, we find here that if we could just get excited, Jesus was the Son of God, he saw him. What does that mean? That means he was all man 
and he was all God. It means that if he was just God, he would not have died. And it means that if, if he was just man, he could not die for our sins. But he's all God and all man, and he could be tempted at all points as we were without sin. It's hard for us to imagine a person who doesn't sin. But Jesus did not sin. And for that, he ranks upon the one to whom we look at. He died for our sins. He paid the price. The centurion saw him as the son of God. And as we move along in the third point, I want you to look at Luke chapter 23 with me. Starting with verse 39. Luke chapter 23, starting at verse 39. And what I want you to see here is the thief on the cross who saw him as the Savior who knew no sin. The thief on the cross, uh, beginning in verse 39, Luke 23, the Bible says, And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself in us. That's a rather selfish prayer, isn't it? You know, if you're, really, if, you're, if you're really the Savior, get me down off this cross before they crucify me. But look at verse 40. It says, But the other answered Answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Wow. In verse 42, And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. We have two men hanging with Jesus. These men on each side of Jesus are there because they have committed uh, a breaking of the law and the just of the, of the law at that time was that a thief or a criminal or a murderer, they'd be hung on a cross. Jesus was hanging right between the two of them. One of them disbelieved and the other one repented of his sins and accepted the Savior. But I want you to see the fact that this one, and this is the sad thing of all sadness, is that this one was so close to hear him breathe. So close to hear the blood as it dripped upon the ground. So close to hear him speak his last words. So close, and yet he went to hell. He was there right beside him. How sad it is that we know people that are so close, but yet they have not believed. There were people that were so close to all the activities of Jesus in Jerusalem when he came in and those folks were there their attitude was we don't like his message we don't like to accept the fact that he is the son of God we don't we don't accept him we reject him and he was so close they came to the synagogues they heard him preach they tried to trip him up in every way they could and yet they fi could find no fault in him and so what did they do 
They hire people to tell lies. They paid a man 30 pieces of silver to uh, tell them who Jesus was in the dark of that night. Every sin that's been ever committed by any person, Jesus died for. Think about that. He died for the sin of a murderer. He died for the sins of those who live an ungodly life, immoral life. And even we can look and see that he died for us. You know, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. When Christ said, I am crucified with Christ, I mean, when Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, understand that he recognized that my sins were being taken care of. My sins were being forgiven of me. Jesus took upon him the sins of the world. Listen. Nothing can, excuse me, what can wash away my sins? Oh, yes. What can make me whole again? Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, listen to the song. There is a fountain filled with blood. Drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood. And lose all their guilty stains. How wonderful that the thief on the cross believed Jesus was the Son of God. And that he was the only one that could help him with his soul. Now I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17. We find the apostle... John, he has, been, he has been put on the Isle of Patmos, Patmos and, and there he, God reveals to him the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we see John the Apostle as he sees Jesus as the supreme Lord in chapter 1 in verse 17. And when I saw him, John said, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. John said, When I saw him, I fell on my face before him. You know, sometimes I think that people use the name of Jesus in an improper way. And sometimes we become so familiar with the name of Jesus that we forget how great and mighty he is. Listen, folks, we shouldn't be just throwing Jesus' name around in every conversation, everything we say. We ought to be respectful that when we, when we talk about the Lord uh, and we look upon his holiness and his majesty, we see the supreme Lord Jesus Christ. That, you know, there's a couple of statues in the world. I imagine there's a lot of them, but big ones 
we're, we're, we have one in the Ozarks. Does anybody know where it's at? Sing it out. I mean, yell it out. Huh? Eureka Springs. It's called the Passion Play. And one of the unique things about it is when you're entering into Eureka Springs, you can see that statue over there of Jesus. There's one in, there's one in South America. There's, there's a lot of them all over the world. We're not talking about stone. We're not talking about cement and plaster and steel rods and all that stuff. We're talking about the Son of God. And John said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet. John recognized him as supreme. Let me tell you, Jesus was seen by Stephen in his moment of dying. And we'll get to that in a minute. Isaiah knew him as the supreme Lord. David knew him as the supreme Lord. The question is, do you know him as supreme Lord? And then, sixthly, Stephen, Acts chapter 7. Would you turn there with me in verse 54? And let's just see the scene that unfolded after Stephen, that great spiritual deacon in the early church, as he began to talk to these Jews and tell them exactly what they did to Jesus and what they were. I mean, he did not hold anything back. Did they receive it with joy and a lot of amens? No, they didn't. Acts chapter 7, verse 54. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Verse 55. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, when you read that, that is a, that is a spiritual experience. But did you know that this is, this is the only place that I know of? I may be wrong, but this is the only place I know where we find Jesus standing. And when you read of Jesus in the scriptures about being in heaven with the Father, what does the Bible say? He's sitting at the right hand. So I would like to believe that, that when, when we're about ready to go home, Jesus rises up to welcome us. Amen. Amen. Wel welcoming us. We find here that, uh, he, you know, what, what does the Bible say in uh, Psalms? It says, precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. Now, there's two ways that we could see him. One is by natural death before he comes. And we've, we've had to say goodbye to a lot of wonderful Christians over the last few years, a lot of funerals. And so, what does the Bible say about that? It says to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. For the, for the child of God, once we breathe our last breath, we are there in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We are there with him. And then there's a second possibility that the trumpet shall sound. And when that day comes, if you're still living on this earth and you know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Listen. 
we're going to meet him face to face if you know Jesus as your Savior. And uh, so Stephen uh, saw him as one to welcome us home. And then seventhly, Simon Peter saw him as the only means of eternal life. Look with me in John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And look at verse 66. John 6 in verse 66, 67, 68. I mean, yes, please. And, and uh, John 6, 66 says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You know, this is, a, this is a thought of the fact that I see people who have known the truth, who have professed the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I've seen them walk away and turn their back on God and Jesus Christ and His church and just go back into the world. And that's, that's such a tragic thing to know that at one moment they heard and knew that Jesus was the Son of God and that He was the Savior of the world and that He could change their life and yet they turn and they walk. Where are they going to go? I like the sign on the hotel right up the road here. As you're going back into town on Chestnut, there's a sign that's been there for years. I guess it's still there. It says, try Jesus. If you don't like Him, you can always go back to the devil. I like that. I like that. Try Jesus. So we see, uh, then said Jesus unto the twelve, uh, will you also go away? And then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. In verse 69, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow, what power of recognition did Peter have? Now the question, how do you see Jesus this morning? You know, different people see Jesus in different ways. There are people, even in the day of Jesus, when Jesus, who do men say, I, the Son of God, am? And they begin to list all sorts of people there. Uh, but the fact is, there are people today who believe Jesus was just a great man. There are people today who believe that Jesus was just a great prophet. There are people today who believe that Jesus was an example to follow. There are people today that see Jesus as an element of historical writing. But when Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm thankful he's working on our mansion today, aren't you? Last couple of days, I've been talking to several people, and uh, there's some of them sitting here this morning that are going through a tremendous amount of pain. And I, I, I told one of them, I said, I'm going to have to pray double hard for you this week because you're really struggling with this pain. Listen, folks, if you live on this earth and you live in this body, you're going to experience pain. But I'm glad that one day the Lord's going to take us to heaven. 
And the Bible says there's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no sickness. Oh, what a wonderful day that will be. But I, I ask you, how do you see Jesus today? Do you see him as the Son of God? Do you see him as the Savior of man's soul? Do you see him as the Lord Supreme? Do you see him as the one who can give you life and give it to you more abundantly? You see, these, these Greeks that went to see Jesus, they went and they entered there and they said, we would see Jesus. And I'm thankful that the Bible tells us, as they said they would see Jesus, the Bible tells us that there were some men of God who said, come with me, come with me, and we'll show you Jesus. Folks, if you don't know Jesus this morning, would you come and let us show you in the Word of God?